I have absolute total control. Of what? I've been doing this for half my life. This is like rolling out of bed in the morning. Okay, fine. Okay. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay, okay. Trying to be more no-nonsense this morning. Bob. Josh. You and I not so long ago, actually very long ago, when we met, both of us decided it was time to leave a company because... We felt like the agileness was gone, wasn't going to happen. Gone, gone, gone. Wasn't worth squeeze. Whatever analogy, Squat. metaphor you want, Yeah, it's there. Yeah. And there might be other people out there like that. So today's episode, we're going to help them. So knowing when, not so much to leave, but when to when to shut her down, when to, to wave the white flag. When yeah, to... this is something that came up in Discord where... When is it time? How do you know, like, you, you've taken the ship as far as you can, and maybe you're okay with that. Maybe that's like, hey, we did it, we're here, it's not worth the effort to, to try and go any further, or we made it this far, and holy crap, it's a disaster. Maybe we should, like, go back to the way things were, or we made it here, gosh, there's so much more for us to do, but I'm not sure it's worth the effort and energy. I might go find a new job. So all of those things come together. How do you recognize that? And then what are your options? What do you do? I mean, as you were talking and before the, we started recording, I was, I'm, I'm energized around this topic, but maybe not for the reason you might think. Oh, I actually, I don't want to get to where you're at. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the mindset of the person. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it's, I, I think entering, I'm coming to the conclusion lately in my coaching that, you know, I, I historically I've taken over ownership of the results, mm-hmm. right? Like it's my job to change the company. Mm-hmm. And I know you did that at Teradata, mm-hmm. right? It's, and we both did that at Teradata. Yeah. So, so then there's the, I get frustrated and I want to leave or I want to raise the right, the white flag. So before we get to that point. I want us, I, I think everyone should look in the mirror and say, stop doing that. Like, stop taking the, having the attitude where it's like any change. It's my job to change, mm-hmm. and it's not changing fast enough. The only thing you can change is yourself, is what I'm discovering. You, all, you can't, we, mm. you can't change other people. You can't change organizations. If you're frustrated with their pace of change, that's not their problem. That's your problem. Right. Right. So I'm not, I, I'm, I'm empathetic to the other side. I've lived and breathed and I will continue to live and breathe on the other side of frustration, mm-hmm. white flags, wanting to leave. But where, where is salvation? Where is safety? I think where should you start as a change agent? I think you need to start by looking in the mirror and saying, stop doing that right it's you can't change like gonzalo i'll pick i'll pick on gonzalo at teradata there's no way in hell you and i were going to change gonzalo right 
Right. We I we tried. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know about you, but I tried. Mm-hmm. I tried to have our cut. Ralph was there. Ralph was much more seasoned than I was. So both Ralph and I tried to change him, yeah. and it didn't work. It actually made things worse because my mindset, I be, I got frustrated. Right. I got really frustrated because my lens was they are not moving fast enough. So I got frustrated. It was a conflict situation. So I'm throwing it out there and everyone I'm watching Josh, Josh is thinking and he's <laughs> and he's rolling his eyes and he's drinking. I'm not rolling I, my eyes. Uh, I want to see but I want to see how you react. Yeah, these are these are contemplative looks. Yeah, but Bob. I I think I think survival is we need to and and I'm I'm preaching from my soul. Yeah. I I've been working on stopping doing that. That that I need to I'm still driven, I'm still an agile enthusiast, but it's it's really obnoxious for someone to say it'd be like me, like I want I want to change you. I want you to yeah. I want you to lose 40 pounds, Josh. Right? I want you to lose 40 pounds. So yeah. I'm going to so I'm going to try to change you. Right. Right? I'm going to give you pictures. I'll send you articles. But that's so it's a it's a personal change. But that's what coaching is. Like I But I don't do I can't lose the weight for you. Right. I get that. Right. I get that, but we are hired in a organization to be a coach to drive change. What I look for is am I entering into an organization where there are factors that enable that success to be a reality, where there is open-mindedness, where classic Bob dogs, <laughs> where, where leaders have set the tone for change. I totally understand and 100% agree. You can't change a person. They are who they are. You can, you might need to be some psychological expert trained for decades to do that actually they actually those psychological experts realize that they can't change people you can change you can you can control it's that it's that quintessential you can't you can only control what you yourself you can only control what you control so it's and that's true that's a truism we can't change now i agree with you you can look for environmental factors but you can read them or misread them Mm-hmm. Or, or I, and I have misread. Or, or they they're well intentioned. So the other thing I'm saying is, when I get frustrated, I sort of blame. So I'll I'll be vulnerable. I used to think that it was a Gonzalo problem, mm-hmm. right? I actually didn't just get frustrated with Gonzalo. I got pissed at Gonzalo. Mm-hmm. I got really angry with him at times. I mean, I and I'm sure that affected the way I dealt with him. I'm sure that affected my body language, my right. tone when I dealt with him. I I considered him like. You know, you hired me to do something and you're in my way. Right. Right. And I got really sort of upset by that. So it wasn't just, it wasn't internalized frustration. It actually was affecting it. And if I would have changed my mindset and embraced Gonzalo and not looked at him as an impediment, that may have changed even things. So I I think that mindset of how we approach the system, do we approach the system just by modeling? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I think you read it, but, but. How we enter, I think. I, I think how we enter and what we try. We're change. We're not change agents. What would be a good term? We don't. An agent says that you can affect the change. We're change. What? Maybe we're change beacons. 
Maybe we're change lighthouses. Yeah, I, you know, but to me, that that that's that's splitting hairs. To me, I, I I you don't own the, the change when you you don't own. What I'm trying to say is, you and I, no matter yet we can sense the environment, but we don't own the change. So whatever you call us, we are in almost a conundrum of I, a role. I I disagree. I have been coached by exceptional people that have changed how I approached various things in my life. I I think I've done that maybe myself occasionally. So right. Yeah, okay. So th- throughout I'm just hanging athletics. on you. You disagree with me. I'm just smiling yeah. because I, we're going to butt heads. Right, through, through, through sports, like school, family, work life. I am a different person today than I was, you know, pick a year. And part of that is the work I put in, but a significant portion of that is thoughtful coaching by others that helped change how I think and approach things. I have also gone in and altered the culture of an organization. Yeah, that's a coach. That's change, yeah. inspiration. Right. What, a, what I'm trying to get at is the I'm at the end of my rope. They won't change, Josh. Okay. I'm pissed off. Right. Right. I have failed. I've failed, damn it. Mm-hmm. I've been coaching and I suck as a coach because they haven't changed. What I'm trying to say is I've taken owner over ownership of the results. Okay. Right. You're line coach. Yeah. At Cincinnati. You're tight ends coach and line coach. I I'm guessing. I hope they didn't. I hope they didn't go home at the end of the day and said that, that Josh Anderson. And they kicked their dog and they kicked their cats and they went into a quiet room and say, "Oh my God, I suck as a coach because Josh Anderson isn't isn't getting it." Yeah. So I I think and they likely got to this white flag situation with Josh. Like, hey, that's as far as we're gonna get him. Like he, he's not gonna he's not right. gonna run any faster. Right. You know he's not gonna whatever. Like that's yeah. that's as good as it's gonna get. Yeah. And so you end up in a situation same same thing, where I I think I'm just different than you and how I look at this, in that I I've always gotten to the point where like like that coach I've given everything I've got, and I think I could stay and work harder and make it like a little bit better, but the effort and energy, like the return for me wasn't there. So I'm, I'm into the white flag, right? I'm, what I'm trying to separate is I see so many agile coaches that they, they have the posture of, I have failed. Mm-hmm. Right. I see this, I see this a phenomenal amount of okay, times. I get, yeah. Right. They, I don't see that as much, which they, is probably I'm on the other side. They have failed. Yeah. Right, and it's sad. Actually, it's really sad, and they're taking ownership because they're 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 sort of it's they're they're not only having they're having the white flag on their skills as a, and the white flag maybe on the organization. I'm trying mm-hmm. to tease those two things apart. I got you. Okay. And I used to be that I used to be one of those coaches, and I still am to some degree. I'm trying to evolve a little bit. I'm trying mm-hmm. to work on myself to realize to give myself a break to say I don't own the outcomes. You see this in leadership texts nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. When you're leading. So it's not just a coaching thing. When you're leading, do you own all the outcomes of everyone who reports to you? No. No. No, you can't. And if you beat yourself up too much about that, you're you're sort of, there's this line of over-engaging. And if you beat yourself up too much, can, will that influence your leadership with Absolutely. those people? Yeah. That's my point. So maintaining some kind of separation of ownership and accountability mm-hmm. 
actually can influence more positive directions. I'm trying to articulate what I'm learning. It's sort of subtle. I gotcha. But okay. it's but there yes, there's white flag moments. I'm not talking about coaching not being powerful or any of that stuff. But I think there's this entry nuance of it makes the white flag detection more agnostic or less personalized is what I was trying to get at. Do you do you resonate with what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's just like for good or for bad, like that's how I work. Like I enter like that. Okay, so yeah. so no, no, I mean I I see this because they're they're being measured. I mean mm-hmm. me, the metrics of agile coach. If you you know are you turning teams around, mm-hmm. and then they go in there and coach their ass off, and the team doesn't turn around, and they're like, oh my gosh, I what did I do wrong? Oh, I need to do something different. Oh, there's some secret sauce. I'm like, no, they may it's not you. Yeah, they it may be another coach. Could it may be a. a context that it, it don't personalize it the other thing is once you start spinning up that's the important thing too is i think if you're wa- waving the white flag how do i you, you may be part of the problem mm-hmm. you may be an instigator depending yeah, right. on Without how you've entered the system you may be part of the white flag you may be part of the resistance i'll i'll i'll, I'll I'll twist it around this way. There's a guy that wrote, and we can put, we should put this in the in the metacast when we post it. He says resistance, the word resistance, use a turning resistance into a tool, or redefining the word resistance. So so many people in their mind, and I do this all the time, mm-hmm. they're resisting agile. Mm-hmm. They're not agile, and he's like, that's what you've done is you've had a negative, you put a negative yeah, connotation right, yeah, yeah. onto their behavior. And he's like, don't. You're, they're just giving you data, right? What if you took all of your emotion and your reaction out of it and embraced that? It's not, it's called it blarg. All they're doing is giving you blarg. So what kind of blarg is it? What can you do to move through the blarg? Is there something you can change? Mm-hmm. So you remove your, your triggering from the thing. And that's another aspect of what I'm talking about is we get words trigger. Like, yeah. uh, like you're not... The, the the quintessential phrase that's not agile. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? What? The, <laughs> and then we're like, oh, you know, and it, it, when people say that to me, the hair on the back of my neck. And then I'm not changing. So it's my no. It's how did you enter with me? So enough of that. White flag detection. I wanted to just have that pre. I want metacasters to think about their role in the system. Right. And their role pre-flag. Right. And to me, the thing that kept popping into my head is it's a system with a million variables. And you coming in as an agile coach, scrum master, leader, whatever role it might be, change agent, change beacon, Yep. pick your name. There, there are a thousand dials and some of which are locked into place and you can maybe turn five but the ones you can turn the easiest, the ones that are most loose and free, are your own dials oh. to turn. Oh, nicely freaking played. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. So, like, you have this dashboard, right, of all these things, and some of the, like, yep. it's, just, it's just the way they are. And, yep. and But to your point, yourself and that system are one now. Right. And what can I do? What can I change? And again, the easiest snaps to turn are going to be your own. 
One thing I was, as, as you were talking, I was just thinking about it. I was talking to a coach. I was coaching a, let's say, a coach, and they were they they're coaching. They have a position, but they're very jaded. Mm-hmm. They're in this position. In fact, they're raising the they they the white flag is up, but they're looking for a job, and they can't find a job. They've been interviewing for a year, let's say, right? So a year, and they keep getting a lot of declines. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is happening in our coaching session with them, one-on-one with me, is, and I don't know this for sure, but I think, I think they acknowledged it, is that they have baggage. Mm-hmm. And the baggage is seeping in. So part of what, why I'm trying to say is, and, and it's this frustration. Right. It's this phenomenal frustration, this phenomenal failure, this phenomenal anger right in this internal anger of damn it you hired me to do a job right and 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 you and I'm screwed and now I'm looking for another job and they're letting it out and I think a lot of people so part of the reframing of your mind is also releasing that baggage mm-hmm. because it's going to seep out in interviews it's going to it's going to it's really it's not just going to affect you at your current client or your current company but unless you're a master of self-control, it's going to, you know, sort of seep out into your interviews, and it's going to screw you. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be your attitude is going to seep out. Yeah, and so, but it's this reframing. So it's not just for the current client, client. It's for what do I do after I raise the white flag? And look at your white flag from that from that lens. Is you know how much of it is my internal frustration, and how much of it is real mm-hmm. before you sort of acknowledge it. I mean, I think a lot of people should be high-fiving. If I had done this at Teradata, I don't know if it would have changed the outcome for me. But I would have been much more positive. Mm-hmm. I would have been much more thankful for the small baby steps. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would have been much more appreciative of every positive thing. I would have entered Gonzalo much more respectfully in my head. Yeah. Not super, Not on the surface, but in my head, I would have been much more understanding empathetic and respectful of him right and i would have seek to understand him more that was the other the other insidious thing with your mindset is you assume something mm-hmm. for the other person mm-hmm. if you know what i mean yeah like i assumed he didn't give a sh- <laughs> yeah. right i don't know that for a fact but i assumed that he knew or whatever i assumed yeah. that he he was saying something and he didn't really mean it and he was sort of like talking out of both sides of his mouth and he was an ass yeah and in my head, I was telling myself this story, which was really screwing with me, but also screwing with my relationship with him. So th- things that have helped me that I've learned over the years that have made situations like this, uh, easier is not the right word, that I've been more effective in situations like this. One is what Bob just talked about, is understanding that everybody's path to here is different. Everybody's walking towards the same spot, but they're not all lined up in a single file line. There's a million different people in your organization all coming at it from different directions that have a different history of how they got here. So they have different biases. They have different baggages. They have different lenses. They have all those things. So to your point, trying to understand their path to here and why they operate the way that they do, that helps you. The, the other thing that you said that has helped me a lot that I historically have been very bad at is celebrating the small things. I always looked for 
the final score. Yep. The end that we won, we raised the trophy, we celebrate parades, all of that stuff. And I was terrible at recognizing those small victories as we went. And that beat me down in many places sooner than it should have, because I didn't realize the little wins along the way. I wanted the final score. I wanted it to be all zeros and like buzzers go off, but that, that is realistically so far away. And in many places you might never get there, right? It's like software. It's never going to be done. You know, the weird thing, it, there's a celebration outward that you're talking about, like appreciate everyone, mm-hmm. but there's also the internal and right. we're talking about both. It's like, do you feel good about that baby? And I don't historically, I see the big game mm-hmm. and I'm measuring myself by the big game. Right. And, and, and so it's the outside appreciation but the thing that I'm thinking about, too, is the inside, the white flag. When do you get to the white flag? Is are you appreciating, like as a change agent, are you taking credits for these things? Mm-hmm. Are you high-fiving yourself? And honestly doing it, right? Like right. like sincerely doing it. And I struggle. I struggle with that. And that's part of my spin. That's part of the spinning of the, <laughs> the frustration for me, right? Right. Is I'm measuring there. So it's both sides of it. It's appreciate outward. But damn it, high-five yourselves. Before you... Before, I, I think before you wave the white flag, you want to get quiet, go into a room, light a candle, you know, get calm or incense or something and get a scotch. Or, light something? Yeah, light, <laughs> but, but get calm and, and really do, really think positively about what you've done. Mm-hmm. Really think positively about your path and give yourself some kudos and some credit like honest credit for the small things and the medium-sized things, not just the big things. I bet the flag might change. I, mm-hmm. bet, I bet it might flutter if you just really... And I mean, do it exa- Do it as exhaustively as you would do a retrospective in the organization. I mean, put as much energy and right. time and focus in it. And I, you'd still be, be waving the flag, but I think you're going to feel better about your journey. I, and I'm Metacasters, I'm giving this advice to myself. I'm walking away from this Metacast saying, damn it, Bob, you need to do this for yourself. <laughs> like tonight, I need to I need to do this. I don't think we can do that too often. Right. I got you. Welcome to our diversity inclusion minute, maybe minutes, hopefully. We'll yep. see. So I have one thing that I'm working on with a buddy in the HR space. He does a lot Uh, hosts and puts on a lot of events talking about different technologies, all that stuff. And what, and he reached out to me last week wanting to do a diversity and inclusion event. I'm not sure what it's going to shape up to be. It should be available via the web somewhere. Once I have the details there, the thing that I'm wrestling with right now is that the goal is to have it be different. And I'm not sure how we're going to make it different or what different looks like for those events where we talk about that. It's, I think the goal is how do you get better at hiring in a diverse manner? Like some of these action-based things where like with our episodes that we're trying to get to like, okay, cool. Recognize an issue. Like how do you get better at it? So that's the intent, but it's still shaping up. He's working on pulling the panel together to get all that done so uh, hopefully i'll have some more details for you in the not too distant future cool i think a medicast or two ago i had mentioned that i had done a recording with uh, anthony mercino in chicago mm-hmm. and he has a, a new voices in agile 
where he tries to actually give a platform. It's a, it has a diversity flavor to it. Women, any any sort of new voices, and and I like what he tr- he's trying to do. Uh, people that you normally don't hear about, he does like a video podcast or something. Mm-hmm. And he invited me, and I was like, "Why are you inviting this old, you know, white guy?" <laughs> right, to yeah. talk? And he's like, "Yeah, but you," he says, "I like what you and Josh have been doing in the Metacast, mm-hmm. and I'd like to give you a." you know, a platform to, to talk about that. So I did that. It was maybe a 15, 20 minute thing. Uh, it finally got published the other day. Okay. And I'll give you a link to that. Cool. And I, it, I mean, Metacasters, the essence is I talk a lot about moving from flapping your gums to the hard work of doing diversity and inclusion activity. And that's my lesson learned. And that it's something I'm where Josh and I are trying to influence others that we need to move from talking to doing. And it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a chasm between talking and doing, and it's hard work to keep doing, so. Yeah, and I second that. Just in like real life talk, we've kept this segment here intentionally, number one, to raise awareness of like, hey, listeners, what are you doing? Yeah. Number two, the fact that every episode, aka almost every other week, we put ourselves in front of a microphone and hold ourselves accountable to what are we doing? So do that same thing for yourself somehow, some way. Keep the pressure on. Yeah. I mean, the the world needs it. The country needs it. Clearly current events. I'm not going to get political, but current events simply imply that we're not out of the woods. We're not done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we hardly have begun. Yep. So there's work, there's shit to be done. Metacasters. So let's, let's do it. All right. Back to the episode. Where else do we go with this one? One of the other things that that the last straw, there's a guy that I work with now that often talks about the scene in the movie, like a cop movie, where they walk in, they slam the badge on the table. Yeah. Right? Try Like, there have been times in my career where I've done the badge on the desk thing. Have you? Yeah. Of Of, like, this is... And at that moment, like those cops, I was completely ready and willing to walk away, expecting to to yep. walk away. And yep. every time I did walk away. But I felt the best thing for the system was to give it that shock to the system of like, listen, this change needs to happen. I've taken it as far as I can. It's not going to happen without these large factors changing that we have talked about it. I, this wasn't a surprise right. to people, so it wasn't like, oh, this is the first time you're telling me about this right. stuff. It's like, no, these things we've been talking about for a long time, they're not changing. And unless they do, then we aren't going to get to that final destination. And I think the best thing for me is to opt out. Okay. And my expectation slash hope has been that that shock to the system caused the, was a bit of a wake-up call. As okay. you're leaving, yeah, yeah, that 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 I could look back and that sacrifice air quotes, which isn't really an accurate word, but I don't know a better one for this moment. That it like made things better. It, if if they offered you, if they said, Josh, right, in any of these situations, the real ones, if I said, Josh, Josh, here's your badge. Stop it. We're in this together. We're in this mm-hmm. fight together. You're not right. Could I have talked you into staying? Could they have talked you into staying? I, I, or were doubt you it. at the end of your road? Yeah. Uh, you I, were honestly at the yeah, end of the road. Yeah. The, yeah. 
it was not a bluff. No, what I'm yeah. saying is there's nothing they could have said that would have changed your mind. It would have required a significant org restructure, which in one case did happen at, months later. Okay. Months later. So that's a yes. They could have they could have talked you into staying. It would have been really tough because okay. Again, these were not new topics. These were not new things. Yep. And there was zero movement. And I felt the best way to create that change was for me to opt out with a highlight on this is why. And so, I don't believe the system's going to get healthier if these changes don't get made. We've talked about it. I don't see it happening. So, like, I'm out. So, what if I, I'm going to role play real quick? Yeah. What if I said, Josh? I mean, I appreciate it, and I'm frustrated as well. But you know what? When I when you, I originally hired you, when we, when we signed on together, mm-hmm. we had a vision for the future. You have exceeded that vision mm-hmm. for me, right? I hear your frustration, but from my point of view, we've gone farther than I ever thought we would with you, and I'd like you to go along for the ride. So I think you're looking at things wrongly, mm-hmm. right? Right from again, I yeah, hear, yeah, from yeah. your lens, it's not fast enough. I'm going to use that term. From my lens, it's we've over, we've exceeded expectations. We've exceeded every, anything, and I applaud your efforts. And I'd like you to continue pushing the soap up the rope. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't. I failed. Okay. I failed. I, I went. Medicus says I went off script. Yeah, I am out on that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> out on that. So. What does that change? No, uh, because my expectation would be that we've had that discussion, and it would be like Bob, that's the disconnect. That's the. So you want to move faster? And I believe we can. In fact, I know we can. No, we can't because we haven't. Right. Yeah, you're, you're... and and that's because of these factors that I am unable to change, and and I need help driving that change, and the help is not there. So, so you're me, defining the goals and objectives and the OKRs for the organization in your head because what I just told you is the OKRs, you've exceeded expectations, you're getting a great bonus, you've, I understood that the organization had traction, mm-hmm. right? And you've, you've doubled, you've doubled the, my vision. But from your point of view, it's just not fast enough. So, so I, I just want you to understand that you've, Right, you've exceeded all goals, objectives, OKRs, etc., outcomes, and and that's what we expected from the very beginning of the right. conversation. To be honest, son, I have <laughs> to throw that in. I had to. Yeah. I I don't. I mean, I I think you're being too hard on yourself. I I don't know where those I don't know where those objectives came from. They didn't come from. I mean, I'm setting the organizational objectives. Right. They're coming from you. They're not coming from me. So, yes, I guess we're out of alignment. What I'm, I guess, how does that sit with you? React to what I was just saying. My my response would be, great, I hear you, but, like, if I dial it back and accept what you're suggesting, I'm not going to be happy. Okay. Okay, so maybe we made a fundamental problem. Maybe we made a mistake at the very beginning. Yeah. Right. Because I'm I'm ecstatic with you. Right. I want you to continue. Right. And you're obviously like miserable. Right. Right. Now again, this should not be the first time you and I have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this like done role be, play. Yeah, yeah, done yeah, role play. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like that you know, if like do not do that 
And it's the first time you talk to your boss and spring this on them like, hey, I'm out because of a disconnect that you never talked about. If you do that, you're doing it wrong. That's not what we're suggesting here. What I'm trying to portray is a situation where my boss and I have talked about this repeatedly at length, ad nauseum. We've tried things. We've done things like change has happened, but not ultimately the change that was needed, whatever it might be, right? I don't know. There's a, again, you go back to the, the dashboard of all the dials. There's, there's a ton of dials and there's some dials that are locked and like, you just need those like some WD 40 sprayed on them to like loosen them up. And then that can help us go. But, but again, like you said, there's a myriad of other dials. Yeah. So your lens of the dials right. may not even be the most important dials. Right. Right. right? It, there, it, it actually, we may go slower. So, so again, there's a myriad of dials. It's change. Mm -hmm. It's myriad of, I don't know what I was trying to do with the role play other than maybe talk about integration talk. I, again, I'm coming back to, the mindset of the change agent mm -hmm. and how you view goals, objectives, alignment, and things like that, right? And I think we're I think we're harder on ourselves sometimes than we need to. Again, it's it's pretty it's pretty audacious for me as a change agent to define the speed of change. Like you and I, I'm we joined IBM, mm -hmm. right? And you're coming and defining the rate of change at an IBM. And it's not yeah, fast yeah. enough, right, for you. There's something obnoxious about that or presumptuous about that, or I don't know. Like, how can we have a rate of change like at IBM or Teradata or folks that have all this inertia, right? Yeah. Building software, yes. We should be able to build 8,000 lines of code per day for this team or whatever. Yeah. But change, organizational culture change, I don't know. So I think that's, again, how you enter understanding that system and understanding what's possible. Well, and understanding your right tolerance now. and yeah. your, your, right. pre, your presumptions. I think I'm putting a lot of the weight of this conversation on that person, right? Mm -hmm. Like understanding what you expect. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've worked really hard at understanding places I choose to join and I've invested a lot in investigating and understanding that culture, that mindset, understanding the paths of the leaders towards there so that I had a better idea of what I was walking into so that I could set those expectations in my brain of yep. like, Hey, like here's, here's how fast we can go. Now, the thing that I will say is that, and I'll put this on me, right? And maybe this is what you were talking about, but, but I believe I am brought into a system to make it better. And I often believe that, that that system can be better than whoever hired me thought, right? Just like the conversation that you and I had, like, like, cool. You had a, had an expectation. We'd get to a hundred. Yep. I think we can get to 120. Yep. And if I don't believe that we're never going to get there. Yep. So, so, so whether I'm wired wrong or whatever, like that's, that's how my brain works. So I'm always going to come in with a expectation of myself that we can go faster than anybody thinks, but I've worked hard to calibrate, to do a better job in my brain 
calibrating what's realistic. That's what when I was younger, yeah. and this is how the Metacast started, right? We had a ton of talks, and you were better at calibrating reality yep. than I was. Yep. I, you know, there were so many times where you were just like, "Oh, young Josh, you know not what of you speak," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right. And you were right, and, yeah. but like I didn't want to hear it. But see, I couldn't. I could say that, but you had yeah. to. You had to get to the point where you self calibrated. Yeah. Right now, again, I could talk to you about it. I could show you. Yeah. We can have discussions around it, but I can't. So you have to get to that yeah. place of self calibration. I like your calibration note. I think that's part of it. So we've spent. It was when to do the white flag, I and when to know. I actually think it's. I don't think we've said that in this metacast. I think we've talked about the pre-work. To it's almost like don't wait for that event. I'm trying to capture like wrap up the meta. Well, it, so it feels toolbox. like, and I I'm terrified of saying this. It feels like we might need a part two. Oh my gosh, do you think so? Yeah. All right. We where, can... where so we've started the journey of you. You so this feeling. wasn't this wasn't no this wasn't a part two. No. We talked about doing it, but we we actually did it. We did it a new one, and it created a part two. Okay, yeah. I'm with you. Go ahead, finish. Just it, it, so you start to get this feeling, like gosh, are we at the end of the road? What do I do? I'm not sure. See, we didn't answer any of that N stuff. No, we 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 talked about. When you get that feeling, what do you do, right? To Bob's point, you lock yourself in a dark room, you light candles, incense, whatever, whatever Bob's going to do later today, and with a positive view, look at those things and calibrate yourself. Do that recalibration of, hey, I I walked in here pre-calibrated to this. Yeah. After n number of years or months, to your point, I've yep. got more data. Yep. And I'm frustrated. Let me like recalibrate with all of that new data. Yep. And, and then, then I'm still frustrated. Yeah. When and how do I? Right. So then, if you get to that point, next episode will be how do you how do you do that? Do you so how do, do you, you do the badge on the table? Do, like, what are the options there? Or how do you stay uh, until you do the badge on the table? So what is that interim? I yeah. do I do think there's a session around that. Yeah. We talked about job hunting and things like that and interviewing. So this is sort of a tweener mm -hmm. in there. Okay. I, I like that. Let's take okay. that to a part two. A part two. Ah, dang it. I you knew I was going to say I that. Know. That's why I was afraid yeah. of saying part All right. two. Hey, I think we're done for this part. Yeah. All right. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.